to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing the news. The news. All the news. Hit the print. And despite this being the dead-ish period, there's quite a bit of news uh, for this week. The newsroom is very busy. Yes, there's very harried-looking people running around waving paper in the air. Um, there's things coming in off the wire. What- um, no, but uh, there were some interesting things popped up. And first are the not trailers so much as these little snippets of things from episode nine. Um, Sammy, thoughts? Uh, you know, obviously after the quote unquote final trailer of course they're (laughs) going to start uh releasing these small little 30 second tv spots uh because once again you've got to keep up the interest keep reminding everybody um when i look at these i was really interested as each each one that has been put out has a separate theme to it Mm -hmm. and i think if you watch them with that that title and that theme in mind you know you get that feel from each one you know, starting with the the first one that they released was End, and then the last one has been Forever that I saw. I believe Dwayne had said there was an additional yeah, I one. I think there's an additional one that I've seen, in, uh, and I haven't had a chance to watch it. I think it was Friendship or something like that. But, uh, yeah, the Star Wars marketing, you know, of course, they have the final tour, you know, like, like our rock and roll bands do with, uh, you know, this last trailer during uh, Monday Night Football. But even as far back as episode one, they would do these TV spots. And and I really think it's neat that they gave each one of them a theme. And even back then they would because you had the theme of the, the Jedi mantra. And then you had the Sith mantra, you know, leading through the, the prequels. And uh, you're not getting a lot of additional. It seems like the footage is being reshuffled but you're getting little snippets here and there you're getting an extra you know second or two uh, you know kind of here and there i know most famously here recently there was a a little bit of additional dialogue from c3po's moment um there with with poe and ray yes all right guys i did a little bit of a uh, fast bone work here while y'all were uh monologuing um i don't know what you're talking about uh i couldn't find the end or the other one you mentioned, I found Duel and Celebrate. Yeah. For the, the two spots. Those are so, those are two of them. Did I see? So there's two other ones that I haven't seen? So there's End, Fate, Duel, Celebrate, Hold On, Adventure, and Forever are the ones I've watched. Okay. All right. And uh, the Friendship one is the is a featurette that you were talking about, Dwayne. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I found that one. Um. All right, so I've got to go find some more Star Wars trailers when we're done. Well, you know, Abrams was actually approached about this, and they asked him, and he was like, listen, he said, these trailers will not spoil the movie. So what are we thinking? Is the, some of this content not really going to be in the movie? <laughs> Is it just a tease? Well, with uh, Episode 7 and Rogue One, you know, you had quite uh, large chunks uh, that was in the trailers that weren't in the films, whether they were put there, quote-unquote, for, you know, um, 
disinformation, you know, misleadingness, or if it was just honestly edited out. Rogue One felt like a trailer for a different movie by the time we watched it. <laughs> well, and, and I believe, uh, you know, from, from other Star Wars podcasts and sources that we hear, Rogue One, uh, much like the Solo movie, was kind of handed off to Disney or they went to check and they're like, oh, we told you to make a war movie and you're really legitimately making a war movie. We mean a Star Wars war movie, you know, and they kind of <laughs> had to go and Star Wars it up a little bit. Uh, I know, uh, you know, um, the the director done a great job, but you know I know they had the the other writer come in, uh, Gilroy, and you know kind of tweak and and redo some things. Well, it was my understanding it's the um that it was the finale that got changed a lot. Like the, like you said, it really was more like a war movie, and they came in and re and re rejiggered how they did the ending. Yes, because if you remember the trailer, there was the big walker on the beach and. Um, there was a uh, Trin- that she Trinic- faced Trinic- off the top fighter the at the end, yeah. uh, on the bridge, yeah. you know, on, the, on that ledge, and then they were running across the beach with the data tapes, you know. And in the movie, yeah. they never, never went out of the uh, the facility. But you know, we're we're here to talk about episode nine and some other things, not um, you know, not a, not a movie. Uh, we've already had our Rogue One discussion. <laughs> but speaking of other movies, guys, uh, another Disney property that's looking really amazing. I'm really jazzed about this one. Is the Black Widow had a was it a teaser? Are they considering that a teaser? I thought it was kind of a full on trailer. Myself. It was two minutes. I think that's that's tra- full on trailer territory. It's trailer territory that's there. We saw a lot of great footage, uh, introduction to a lot of neat characters. Um, Red Guardian. I'm ready for the Red Guardian spinoff. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, being portrayed by David Harbour of uh, Stranger Things fame. Um, he's the sheriff, if you're unfamiliar. <laughs> he looks amazing. And just, I swear, I love how his attitude just carries through everything. I have oh, yeah. not seen the Hellboy movie, but I, I, I want to see his take on that character. I love that I love that he kept the Hellboy like upper body muscle, but like went back to the Stranger Things gut. Uh, I really, I, <laughs> I love that he's found a middle ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, I, th- I think with this trailer, it definitely has that espionage type of feel. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, when I go back and I look at some of my favorite runs with Black Widow and Captain America and stuff like that, a lot was that Ed Brubaker run. And there was a lot of that espionage feel to it. So, you know, that's what kind of got me here. And I don't know about you all, but there was a total callback to Bourne, right? Mm-hmm. The fight in the, that you see in the apartment yeah, totally felt that. like Bourne. <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. And, you know, when you're talking about the espionage stuff, probably one of the, uh, the most popular Avengers movies, um, you know, with those characters is Captain America Winter Soldier. And it's just a straight-up spy movie. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, I think um, – and I, What's her and the, name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, yeah. just recently made a statement that this is going to deal with the era where she refers to the red in her ledger. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, the, and that opening scene's in Budapest, and there's all those references to the thing that went down in Budapest, in Budapest right, yeah. all throughout the MCU. <laughs> you and I yeah, remember but, Budapest very differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean we are going to have some flashbacks with Jeremy Renner? Also, I, I hope he at least has some cameo. Well, he, they they do a, a quick flash of his image in right. the trailer, 
So I'm wondering if that's a hint. Like, they're going to do some flashbacks and have him, you know, maybe like their first meeting or him recruiting her or something. Now, Jamie, I do have to ask you because I know it's a very kind of quick snippet that we see Taskmaster. But I don't know how I feel about him right now. Well, I was going to mention this. There's part of the thing that that when they're falling out of the sky and doing that action scene, I just want to remind any of our listeners, like we're still what six months away from this thing airing. They're (laughs) still working on, they're still working on the CGI. And so there's still a chance that Taskmaster, that that's not a mask. They they could CGI that into a skull face because he he looks kind of like a roided up Skeletor. Mm. Um, (laughs) Somewhat. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love Taskmaster. Um, but I'd, I've been so curious when they announced that he was going to be in this movie. Like, how are they going to do that? Because he's got a weird image and a weird power. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not sure how they were going to make that work. You know, what I wonder, though, is, you know, they said May 2020. You know, so a lot of these Marvel movies fall into what sometimes corresponds with Free Comic Book Day. They're the first uh, Friday, first Saturday in May. But, you know, with Avengers – they moved it up a week after they said it was going to be a May release. Hmm. You think they'll keep this one in May or they'll move it up to a end of April deal? Uh, as bad as that CGI looked, they can take their time and get that right if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that the Scarlett Johansson falling through the sky, it looked as bad as like Raimi era Spider-Man CGI. I mean, <laughs> oh, if they want to take their time and get that right, they go right ahead. I do like the white suit, though. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, did, did you know who the... um? What's her face? Uh, I can't remember her name. She's a fabulous actress. I can't remember her name. Rachel... Something Rachel Weiss. Weiss, yeah. I always forget mm-hmm. her last name. Um, who is she? Not for sure. Um, I'm nerdy enough to know who everyone else in that entire trailer was, except for her. Hmm. I didn't know who that was supposed to be. Like I, I was imagining, like I'm supposed to know, like people's nerdy. <laughs> so I'm supposed to know. Like, I don't can figure that one out. And before I know, I know Dwayne wants to move on. He's already mentally checked out on us. And, um, um, but um, <laughs> the guys falling out of the, the guys falling out of the sky with Taskmaster. Do you think that's going to be an MCU version of the Thunderbolts? Because we hear Thunderbolt Ross, his Ross's voice throughout the yes, trailer. Yes, we do. So I'm wondering if that thunder, the Thunderbolts being sent after, because at this point in Marvel in MCU history, she's gone rogue. Yes. So maybe Thunderbolt Ross had created, you know, a movie version of Thunderbolts to go after. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Melina Vostokov. Is that someone important in these books? That sounds familiar. It does. Melina Vostokov. That's ringing mm. Brubaker Bob. Uh, yeah. Bales in my hearing. In my, in my head. Mm. Anyway, we don't need to... I'm sorry, we, we've ventured down the Marvel comics route too far. Sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> um, Dwayne, uh, he set me off when he said Ed Brubaker, Captain America. That, I mean... Jarred me from reality a little bit. That's my one of my favorite runs of Captain America ever. Uh, I, I love that run. Um, but I guess we're not getting off the comic books, are we? Our next item is Moon Knight Show. It's going to have uh, Werewolf by Night on it. So Yes. 
so I know some Moon Knight stuff. He's, you know, Marvel's crazier Batman. Um, Werewolf by Night. Tell me about Werewolf by Night. Because I'm a little fuzzy on who this is. Like, I know the character, but I don't know any of the story. Okay. Um, Werewolf by Night, you know, they're in the kind of mid to late 70s. You know, Marvel was experimenting, pushing back on the comics code a little bit. And this is where you have uh, Monster of Frankenstein, Werewolf by Night, Tomb of Dracula. All these books start coming back. And bringing back kind of classic Marvel versions of monsters. So, you know, Werewolf by Night was one of those kind of monsters. So he was, um, I'm trying to think, his name was Jack, I can't remember, it's Russell's his last name. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Jack Russell because that that's <laughs> that, that's too on the nose, I know. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, if Stan Lee was still an editor, maybe there's a chance it'd be that on the nose. That's true, too. Um, but, you know, he was kind of one of those characters that came through the Marvel premiere series and then eventually went into his own. And actually, Moonlight, Burnt Moon Knight first appeared in his book. So it was Werewolf by Night number 32 is actually the first appearance of Moon Knight himself. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I, I thought Werewolf by Night was John Jameson. Now, that's Manwolf. Manwolf. Okay, I'm yep. sorry. Wrong, wrong Marvel werewolf. <laughs> not to be confused with cap wolf you know when captain america went werewolf so i, oh, I was i was 13 when that happened I thought <laughs> cap <was> awesome <laughs> oh no doubt for a 13 year old that's oh, right okay. yeah that's the demo right there yeah and it was a crossover of, uh, issue I, that i found that had cap wolf in it and also had cable and wolverine as guest stars it was the yes. greatest thing that happened yeah. You know, what I'm wondering, though, is with now Moon Knight and then possibly Werewolf by Night added in there, you know, we know Mahershala uh, Ali is coming later as Blade. Are we going to see that Midnight Suns, you know, bringing in these supernatural characters from the Marvel Universe to be brought in? Which I'm confused about that because I thought that the Hulu shows and the Disney Plus shows weren't supposed to connect. Exactly. And Blade's going to be on Hulu, and Moon Knight, strangely, is on Disney Disney Plus, which makes no sense <laughs> to me. But, um, but we which, know I mean, Moon Knight will spin to a movie, so maybe? I, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> that Where Kevin Feige, right? <laughs> they made Guardians work, uh, but still, Moon, Moon Knight's a, he's a strange sort of character. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's bring this back down to earth, fellows. All right. New James Bond. <laughs> That's right. No time to die. Okay, I've got a confession to make. Um, I watched the most recent Bond movie. Well, I started it. Um, these all feel like long episodes of a Bond like TV show. Like I didn't know what was happening for the, like I watched like probably forty five minutes. I had no idea who anybody was, or what they were doing, or why they hated each other. <laughs> and I feel like this is just another installment of that story that I'm still. I mean, it looks awesome. I don't know anything. I don't understand anything that's happening. Well, I think that's the uh, the draw with these new Bond movies. You just kind of check out and watch the action. Um, you know, Story hasn't always been Bond's strength, you know, the, the plot and the connections there. Uh, but at least in the past, we've known, you know, 
who the bad guy was, what what was at stake. And we were telling a story. Now it, it just like seems a big like, long, you know, epic drama type thing. Right, and it, it seems like yeah, like you said, it's just like the long draw. And I know, I know they've introduced uh, Blowfield and you know, some of these other characters, but uh, I, I'm not gotten as into Daniel Craig as the modern Bond as some other folks have. He's he's not my favorite Bond, but uh, you know these movies are fun for what they are. They're just a ton of action, um, over the top gadgets and you know the the best thing about this uh, so far to me is the font of the title is the same as the love boat <laughs> you know, the same as the love boat so as long as there's some action on the plane the plane <laughs> but like seriously I, i'm i was really lost i'm like oh he's retired because he fell in love i'm like I don't remember this girl. Like I, I didn't finish the previous movie, but like I don't remember this lady like at all. You know, I think from what was it, Skyfall on, I feel like they've they've almost been trying to continue building on this story. Whereas, like you said, before in the past, most James Bond movies were one and done type of things. Yeah, there, here, here's the issue. Here's odd job, the villain. Here's you know whoever we get to the point that we have an ending and then the next movie starts up like the next mission, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they've been doing this thing and I'm a little tired of it. And I'm, and I, I just hope they don't go back this way. If Bond's just too old again, you know, you know, in the trailer, you know, the other double O's making those comments, you know, I'll shoot you in your knee, you know, the one the that actually works, works. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And it's That's like, a good line though. It was a great line. It was. I'm just so tired of that. You know, I am excited that we're getting a lot of the cast back. So Ray Fiennes as M, Ben Wishaw as Q, uh, and then, you know, Joanne uh, mentioned Christoph Waltz as, as back as Blofeld. But we got Remy Malik also. So uh, I'm real interested to see what kind of villain, because he's got this uh, almost Phantom of the Opera looking mask going on. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. I mean, I just don't understand what's happening. And so, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll watch it with the sound off or something. So just sit back and enjoy the explosions. Sure. See, I, I, really I, agree. I, I, like, I like having a good story, though. I really do. Uh, having a good story, especially with a, like a probably what probably a runtime of about two and a half hours. Yeah. Tell me a story, you know? You know, give me a you know, three-act story. That's what I expect from a right. experience. And I don't feel like I've been getting that from the Bond movies. Well, Spectre definitely plotted along. You know, I, I got to watch it not too long ago. I, I Actually, last Christmas, I got the big uh, James Bond MGM Blu-ray set. And so Spectre was in it. So I did get a chance to watch it. And it does kind of plot along. Um, you get a lot of things that you're kind of scratching your head. So hopefully they'll get back on a, a better tread, I'm hoping, with uh, this one. All right. Uh, Dwayne, you added the next one. Tell us why you added this one on here. Well, this um, is a couple of reasons. One, it looks amazing. Two, there's some amazing cast in here. And three, I'm not quite sure why Disney keeps remaking these cartoons as live-action movies. <laughs> uh, Mulan uh, is is our, going to be our next installment. And I know... Uh, 
you know, there have been discussions with, you know, when you have the animals and things, it's not really live action. Right. CGI. It's still animation, (laughs) just a different style of animation. Well, now this is, you know, actors, uh, you know, portraying these characters, uh, much in the vein of, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella that they've done. So these aren't quite as bad, but, uh, I just wanted to get you guys' uh, thoughts on the remake of Mulan and just the whole live-action scene in general. Well, I've complained about the live-action remakes plenty on the on our on our show. <laughs> <laughs> they need to. Just, I, I get that it's a nice, easy cash grab, um, and the mouse wants all our money. I get it. Um, this one looks really good, though. I've never seen the animated Mulan. Um, I was a teenage boy when it came out, and so. That wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if I hadn't seen that this was called Mulan and had a Disney logo on it, it, it looked awesome. I was like, I don't want it to watch it. I mean, I'm, I'm less interested now that it's a live-action remake of something else. But it looks good. I, I might watch this before I watch the animated one. Yeah, and, there, you know, you, you have the epic battles. You have the uh, the emotions happening here. You've got the, uh, the glorious history of Japan, you know in uh, China. And I've got a long standing man crush on Jet Li. So, and that's that's another thing, you know, you're, you're bringing Jet Li and Donnie in back in this thing, you know, and, uh, you know, their, their interaction in, in the movie hero, you know, hero, probably one of my favorite martial arts movies of all time. So you, you put those guys in there and I'm, I'm, where's my ticket. And, you know, I think that might be the draw to this. It does feel like a martial arts movie. It's very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon feel, you know, without Eddie Murphy, you know, chuckling it up for us, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. We're, we're not going to get all the songs and stuff that you would get in a typical Disney movie. So I'm real interested in at least the action side of things uh, that they can bring into this without some of those tropes that we think about in, Dis- in most di- typical Disney movies. Yeah, so hopefully this one that. grows up a little bit. Yeah, I had a question about that, because this one was famous for the dragon character. Yes. I mm-hmm. didn't see a, a scale anywhere in the, in this trailer. Are they yeah, completely that, excising that out, or are they too embarrassed to put it in the trailer? That character is absent. Yeah, that character is absent as far as I'm aware from this adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so it's going to be a, a bit more realistic, you know, uh, instead of having the... The, the talking animals and things like you had in Cinderella or the, you know, the, the furniture and, and such happening in uh, Beauty and the Beast. This seems like it's going to be a more realistic telling, a more historical. It looks good. Thing. It yeah. really, it truly does. It truly does. Well, that was a, a good little discussion on that. So guys, are you ready to maybe speed things up as we move along to our. All right, Sammy, you threw this on here. Tell us why. E.T. Xfinity commercial. All right. So, you know, I think lately the nostalgia bug is hitting everybody. It's like every company out there is wanting to bring the nostalgia of the 1980s back to us. You know, that or they're just going to try to cash in what Stranger Things did. So (laughs) Xfinity has decided to reunite E.T. and Elliot. And, you know, this commercial definitely pulls on the heartstrings. It's that perfect Christmas mix. Um, you know, and both are now family men. 
And yes. so they connect on a different level. E.T.'s got his little orb that shows a picture of his family. And, you know, he gets introduced, you know, E.T. himself gets introduced to Elliot's family. So it definitely has that little holiday touch with that little bit of nostalgia of E.T. to it. And, you know, yeah. he's finally able to phone home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, as uh, as we're aging, you know, us, us 80s and, and 90s kids, you know, we're, we're getting into careers. We're having, uh, you know, a, a bit of income, uh, you know expendable or not you know whatever you're looking there so what's income corporation has found out you know i just have bills hey, hey here's where here's where your feels so let's go punch you in those feels you know? that's right <laughs> well i, I, I had question. very fond very fond uh, memories of, of et growing up and and these you know that, that it was just such a phenomenon as as a child and so to see these two characters reunited and you know like the same thing, being be the family guys, like, like, you know, a lot of us are doing, trying to grow up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just grabbing us in the feels. Well, I've got a question about that. This, this thing got a lot of buzz mm-hmm. and we are in the middle of a nostalgia craze. Do you think this got enough buzz that they actually try to make an ET sequel? I don't think they'll try to make an E.T. sequel. I think they'll end up rebooting E.T. or trying to do a remake. Oh. I mean, which is not. Which, I, mean, I hope I none of that happens. Much. Right, I think we need to have a bigger revolt, on as big a revolt on that as we have the Princess Bride. Amen. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so um, – so Netflix Wars, coming up? Yeah, V Wars on Netflix. Enlighten us, Sammy. All right. So, you know, I think most, especially subscription services, are trying to find the next big thing, you know, and now we see more and more they're mining comics. And V Wars was a comic uh, created by Jonathan, I don't know if his last name is Mayberry or Mayberry. I'm not for sure exactly how you pronounce his name, okay? Yes. So, Jonathan M. uh, And it was published with IDW. Okay, Uh, so now as of December 5th, the first season is dropped on Netflix. So we've got Ian Summerhalder, who is known for his role on the CW's Vampire Diaries leading this thing. And what I really like about it is very similar to I Am Legend. They take a scientific approach to vampirism. The, The idea of this this virus was essentially in the ice and as you know climate change was kind of melting the ice caps and stuff it re-released this virus and um summerholder is basically playing the doctor is trying to kind of cure this thing so it has like i said some vibes to i am legend as well as like i said a, a familiar face to the vampire kind of genre so to speak is that now that, that the, the the Mayberry guy? He's a novelist, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's, that set off some bells ringing in my head too. But my, I made to get that checked. There's a lot of ringing in my head tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He he wrote the Joe Ledger series. Okay. Yeah, those are vampire novels too. So this this is his wheelhouse. All right. Oh, nice. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sam again. Yeah, um, I, know, I know what he's talking about this time. 
I was starting to blank on the last one. Um, Doctor Who, Sam, you finally got your trailer. I know you've yes. been complaining about this for a long time now, but you finally get to see your Doctor doing stuff. Very much so, and I'm very pleased with it. We've had two new trailers. Uh, the one released on Doctor Who Day was kind of our teaser. Um, we saw some really cool things. We saw Stephen Fry was going to be in the first episode. Uh, th- speaking of, you know, we were talking about James Bond. The first episode's title is uh, Spyfall instead of Skyfall. <laughs> so it's Spyfall, and it has a very, uh, you know, the doctor herself is dressed in her tux with her bow tie kind of deal. So I think it's really cool the way they're kind of kind of playing that off. And like I said, you got Stephen Fry. This one will, and then the second trailer came out and gave us the official release date, which is New Year's Day. So we will get the first part of Series 12 on New Year's Day. So I'm very excited about that. And they are making big promises for this season. Yeah. Uh, yes. We'll see how Chibnall holds up with that. So. <laughs> See, what, you, what, you, what you have to remember is, okay, Chris Chibnall has, was on video as a teenager criticizing um, Pip and Jane Baker, who were writers for Doctor Who in the 80s. There's video of him in high school at this panel discussion, and he's, like, criticizing them heavily. So now that he's got the reins... You know, I like Series 11, but it was a lot of single stories. You know, there was no overarching feel that we had had in previous seasons of Doctor Who. So I'm kind of looking forward to see what he does with this because we're supposed to get more of an overarching story. Um, you know, we'll see. So I, I, I just keep holding out that Jim, I've got faith in him. I loved him when he, he did uh, Broadchurch. I loved all three seasons of Broadchurch, so I really would like to see him get in a good kind of vibe with Doctor Who. I know I shouldn't, but I love the Cybermen. I love, I they are my favorites. They're ridiculous, and I, I love them. Uh, and it's and it's more of the looks. They look more like the David Tennant era Cybus Cybermen instead of the Mondasian Cybermen from. Uh, that they brought back with Capaldi. So, we'll that's, see. A, that's, a, that's a different level of Whovian than I am. I, <laughs> <laughs> I <just decided> <laughs> uh, next one is Lock and Key on Netflix. And um, I'm interested in this. Uh, Dwayne, do you know anything about Lock and Key? Um, not a lot. What I read on it, uh, really just in the press release, got me very interested in it. Uh, this is from a comic. Apparently, that's been trying to get made for quite a few years. BBC, uh, I think, and was it Universal? Both took a run and go at this thing. Um, it's taken Netflix money to pull it off. Hulu had even ordered it to pilot. Oh, really? And then wow. nothing came of it. So, well, well, do you know who wrote it? I do not. This is a Joe Hill special. Joe okay. Hill is the pseudonym of Stephen King's son. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So, so this is horror royalty. And this is yeah, a this story. is. And uh, it takes place, uh, the Locke family uh, kind of goes back home to Key House after uh, a, a murder. And uh, much mystery 
and intrigue and suspense ensue, it seems like. Now, there's a lot of uh, streaming names a- attached to this as I was looking at the cast list. A lot of guys who had who had been around the Hulu, Netflix uh, rounds there on the shows. One of the actors uh, from the It movie, I think, is probably the biggest name on there. But yeah, this looks very interesting, very intriguing uh, to me. I'm I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for this. And listening to an interview with Stephen <laughs> King as he was uh, talking about his son, uh, you know, doing some research and writing and, and helping him out on some things. Uh, these guys, I mean, and even Stephen King, they t- they, I always knew he had a weird point of view. But listening to him um, in a talk, <laughs> this guy is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we live uh, we live in uh, well I live um, you know I grew up in West Virginia I live uh, in Kentucky now just beside there uh, we saw him in Charleston West Virginia on a book tour for Cadillac Man now you think he's going to come around uh, and talk about his book and you think he's going to come around and have this kind of pitch laid out. He had a two-hour talk and for an hour and a half of it he talked about West Virginia history and. You know West Virginia being portrayed in these horror movies and horror books uh, that he was into as a kid, so uh, he he definitely knows his stuff. Uh, Sammy, you look like you've got a thought. Are you no, just, are, are you afraid we're taking too long and you want to move ahead anyway? Oh no no no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, so right now I think February seventh is what they've got for the release date on this. It will February. be a ten episode series. And just because I don't have any other DC Comics on this news, uh, Joe Hill is also now writing a series for DC called Basket Full of Heads. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I knew you had to squeeze in or something. (laughs) And and I thought the next news would have sufficed. When I saw the the big capital DC uh, uh, on the the first bit of that sentence, I thought, oh, here's Sammy's DC news. But actually, this is kind of tragic. This is kind of some sad news. Um, DC Fontana, one of the original writers of uh, of the original Star Trek, has passed away. Sammy, would you like to carry on with that? Yeah, so DC is Dorothy Catherine Fontana. And she started working with Roddenberry on a previous show called The Lieutenant. And it went for one season, essentially, and then they started working on Star Trek together. So she was the story editor and writer for a lot of the original uh, Star Trek, at least the first two seasons. Uh, after the third season, she kind of went out on her, you know, kind of freelancing. Um, and, you know, what I think about her is, you know, most Star Trek fans look to her for basically creating and expanding the Vulcan culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that we know about Spock, a lot of that came from D.C. Fontana. Uh, even my favorite episode of the Star Trek animated series, uh, Yesteryear, is the one that she wrote. Uh, and even back as I always remember that episode, even as a kid watching it on you know on Saturday mornings, um, because that episode always stuck out. And when I got to rewatch it, I still loved it. And because it does explore Spock, who was always my favorite character in the series, you know. So it is, is sad, you know. Um, she's also. Uh, even for TNG, she worked on some of the ideas that became Encounter at Farpoint, the actual pilot 
so she is plus she's done a lot of writing for westerns as well as star trek novels so and she'd never done science fiction never even thought about science fiction before until star trek so it's kind of interesting but sad to see her go to her final frontier but you know she will be missed but known to fans you know for a long time that's the only episode of the star trek animated series i've ever seen is oh, it? That one. Yeah, it's the only one. I love Yesteryear. It's so good. So, Well, on a bit of happier news, we have today possibly an announcement that the Ghostbusters trailer will finally surface. Yes. And uh, we were looking at an image of the, uh, the, the hearse, the Ghostbusters hearse in a field at this giant green menacing looking cloud. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, where they're going to take the original cast with this. What do you all think about the title Ghostbusters afterlife? I'm confused. <laughs> uh, I, there's a, I mean, a couple of ways they could go with that. Like what, what that could mean. Right. Um, I'm wondering. If, I, I don't even. I don't know. I. I, I mean, I, my mind went someplace bad. Like every. Like a, I mean, I was afraid they were gonna like maybe like have Egon be a ghost in this one. And I don't want him to do. You know, like it's his yeah, afterlife. You know, I, I don't. I don't want him to do that. But I mean, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw that name. They'd have to bust Egon. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> that would he could be like Slimer and just hang around. See, that's what I was actually picturing, but I don't. I don't think I want that. You know? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, Jamie, speaking of busting, I believe you've got a little bit of bragging to do. I know. I the one time, the only episode of Nerds on Table I wasn't on. Sorry. Tonight, he'll betray his friends whose heart was with murder shall break free. Innocent blood shall be spilt. And servant and master shall be reunited once more. Yeah, the only it's episode you wasn't. Yep, it's yeah, yeah, the one time it wasn't something I dreaded and I wasn't <laughs> mad about. I wouldn't hear. <laughs> so uh, did you get that little business straightened up with the uh, Ewok Liberation movement? Well, actually, it wasn't the Ewoks. Actually. Um, uh, Sam J. Jones had caught up to me, and uh, oh, he was okay. upset with uh, with the how I treated Flash Gordon. And so oh, okay, okay. We we had we had a long talk. Um, we we got it straightened out, and um, the restraining orders canceled. So he and you, you feel know, both, better about the football scene now, right? Uh, sure. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, what what I did get, I did uh, hear back from one of our listeners. They took my advice and went and just watched the football scene on uh, on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, they said that was enough. They didn't need to see the whole movie. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. All right. Dwayne Cage well, something what was... that does look amazing that we spoke about on 20 time last time was Ryan Johnson's knives out. Yes. And, and I think we all showed quite a bit of love for this thing with our scores. Um, if I have them down correctly, Jamie and Sam were both at 85%. Yes. I did notice that. I, I win one time and he copies my numbers. He copies. 
Well, and I went a little higher with 92. I went seven points over you guys with 92. This thing on Rotten Tomatoes is 97%. Ooh. That's a really high number. That's really, really high. high. So this movie, I, I, I haven't got to see it yet, but it is Maybe. looking more and more promising, especially with this score of, of 97. So, I, I, I had a question about that. I didn't get to be on last time, so I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Um, did do you all, Are you all getting kind of like a an updated Agatha Christie feel from, from Knives Out? Yeah, totally. Uh, I yeah, think I can see that. Aptly said, you know, this is like a modern clue. Yeah, because like Murder on the Orient Express was like really just – it was it was just an Agatha Christie movie. Yeah, this is like they took an Agatha Christie story and updated and modernized it. Yeah, right. Made, so, yeah, that's I, just kind of the vibe I'm getting off of it. I didn't see and that. We have a, uh, I think we have enough room in cinema today for some of that. I think uh, that would be a, a great genre to kind of reinvigorate and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully this uh, you know showing with Knives Out is going to spur that along a bit. Speaking of reinvigoration, they could re- reinvigorate a modern reinvigoration. I'm not sure. How many sequels is this for Jumanji now? <laughs> well, this is a well. This is only um, the second sequel for the modern Jumanji, which is kind of a continuation of the original Jumanji. If you had seen it, but wasn't um, Zathura kind of a sequel to Jumanji? Yeah, uh, call that a knockoff. <laughs> oh, I liked Zathura. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun for what it was. Uh, yeah, it was fun for what it was. But uh, you know, the the uh, last Jumanji we had with the the Rock, the Welcome to the Jungle, uh, kind of picks up that the the kid from the first game is still kind of still missing, and uh, so that's. Sort of the heart of the adventure. If you guys haven't seen it, now no, this I haven't one, got to see it. I've not seen the the a lot like Book of the, the Jungle. So. It's a lot more fun than it has any right been. You know, it, it's a lot more than it has any right to be. Um, but uh, this one here, I don't know where they're going with the story. Uh, it seems like they find the creators of the game in the form of Danny Glover and Danny DeVito, and as they're with <laughs> Into the game, uh, you have, you know, I think it's The Rock is Danny DeVito, and Kevin Hart is Danny Glover's character, and 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 you know, as they just got shuffled, and that looks, I mean, just just that twist right there is, oh my god, I was I was rolling laughing just watching the trailer. I love those two actors, and to see them portrayed. Uh, you know, by these, you know, this comedian and this action star. <laughs> which I thought that was a brilliant idea. Like, if you're going to make this sequel, which I was thought, why are they making this sequel? I know the first one made. So yeah, but like, you know, make do do like a twist on it because the first one was like kids get put in this grown-ups' bodies. Yeah. Like, and okay, completely different. You got Jack Black being the hot girl. Uh, yeah. You know, Karen Gillian is the nerdy girl. Uh, you know the the athletic six foot three guy is you know and here I've got a lot of room to talk you know five foot six Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now, the, but, the rock. Yeah, but I thought it was a nice twist for the sequel to flip that around yeah. and have old people getting put old back in younger bodies. I got a whole different kind of humor they could play with. I thought it was pretty smart. Like if yeah. you have to make the sequel, that's a pretty fun way to do it. Go for it. 
Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to give this thing a watch, especially, like I said, after uh, giving the first uh, reincarnation of Jumanji a watch and really, really enjoying it. Um, you know, it's not high cinema, but but you will laugh. You will laugh. <laughs> so, guys, where are we leaning to with some scores on this thing? Well, I'm still feeling really smug, so I'm going to go first, if that's okay with you guys. Go for it. 72. 72. 72. Okay. I, I feel like that's pretty high for a sequel. Um, uh-oh. Um, Sammy's laughing really hard. Um, either we've got the same number or we're way apart. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto, brother. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. But um, I feel like that's still a pretty high number for a sequel to a comedy. I mean, comedies right. usually aren't don't always rate that high, and so I feel like I'm being pretty generous. And apparently, Sammy is too. <laughs> well, I'm being even more so generous. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give this uh, 86. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking really like that first one. It, it was like I said, it was a lot more fun, and you, you, you've got some of these beloved actors, you know, Karen Gillian returning, Jack Black, uh, you know, The Rock, you know, who's just taken over cinema. Is it, is it the same like creative team, writers, directors, all that jazz? I, I think so. I haven't done a great deal of research, uh, surprise, on that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like it looks a ton of fun. Well, you know, I, I think just name recognition will pull some people into the theaters for this one. Um, you know, I've not seen Welcome to the Jungle, but I, I do want to see it. And, you know, if I can find it streaming somewhere, I'll probably watch it. Um, but just the fact that it is The Rock, and he, like you said, he's taken over the world, and he has such a fan base. Um, you know, Karen Gillan is finally coming into her own from the MCU and really being recognized now um, beyond just, you know, Doctor Who or her very short-lived television show called, I think, Selfie is what it was called. Um, it was very, very short-lived. Um, she was basically a vapid news reporter who basically just was in it for the looks and the stuff like that. Uh, so not, a, I didn't feel like it was a good fit for her because I felt like she was a smarter character than that personally. Uh, and then, you know, with Jack Black and then Kevin Hart, you know, and he's in Kevin Hart's another person that, you know, I mean, people go to see his movies, you know, my significant other loves Kevin Hart. She does. She wants to watch anything that he's in, and she laughs the entire time. So, um, you know, I was kind of a Jamie when I said seventy-two percent. So I was, I was the same exact number again. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And I will tell you, Sam, don't wait, uh, Jamie. Don't wait uh, for this to stream. Um, I'm not sure. It may be. I'm not even sure if it's on Amazon streaming. I, I need to double check. It seems like I've seen it somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's in the red box right now. Yeah. Uh, where, where, where they've got the announcement in Jumanji 2 coming out. So go spend the two bucks. I'll watch it. Yeah, Go spend I, the two bucks. Look, man, I literally have a gigantic stack of Blu-rays and DVDs on Entertainment Center, things I haven't watched yet. I keep buying more, and I yep. don't have the time to watch them all. <laughs> sure. yeah. I'll get to it. Okay. All right. So, fellas, sounds like that was the news. 
Yeah, I think we're done here. If our listeners want to help us out, uh, spread the, the word of the nerds, um, uh, please rate us on iTunes. Well, not iTunes. I keep saying that. It's Apple Podcasts. Um, that really does help us out. And if you'll notice from the last episode, we will feature you in our Nerd Alert segment. That's right. So the only thing you need to do to be featured. nerdy. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.